I just love a little chaos, especially when we're talking about fitness. So where do you stand on this topic? Are you team yoga or team Pilates? Let's hit the mat to see which team wins. Hey everyone, welcome to Wake Up, Kick-Ass, Repeat. I am ready to throw down on this conversation. This is going to be a very interesting podcast for those of you that either do Pilates or yoga, or are trying to decide which one you want to go with. I am going to support this with a little bit of research and not just my personal bias. I am Patty Waller, your host, and I just happen to be a Pilates mat certified coach. Yes, among my many credentials, haha, (laughs) in the back corner of the room is my Pilates certification. Does that mean I am not a fan of yoga? Absolutely not. It just means I leaned into Pilates due to my background in dance and for the benefits it gave me to support some of the issues that I was having with my body. In conversation with most people, however, there is really not a clear understanding of either discipline. Although they are very different, they do offer some of the same benefits, which I will share with you shortly. So let's set the record straight and get a little bit of history out of the way. You know me. I want to try to back things up with some factual information so that you can make the best informed decision. So yoga has been around for years, years and years and years and years. It has been watered down over time in the fitness industry. So it, you know, you could go into the YMCA or your local health club, especially early on, and find people teaching yoga who were not certified properly. Big no-no, especially an insult to people in the industry who have spent hours getting an education as well as a ton of money. Yogis spend years perfecting this mind-body practice, and to be a true yogi, you are truly immersed, okay? Truly immersed. Now you can pretty much Google your way into a 200-hour online certification. No disrespect to anybody out there who's done this, but it really does take hours and years to perfect the practice of yoga. It does take a true commitment. And doing it online, I I don't want to say that you're not learning, but you learn a lot more when you work with people in an environment that is geared towards completely immersing you into the mind-body experience that yoga offers. Martial arts is very similar, and I've got my background in martial arts. And that is not something that you just go and do and you get your belt. It is years and years and years of discipline and practice, okay? So that's the first thing I want to get out of the way. But for the sake of simplicity, 
<clears throat> Here are some clarification points on yoga. To date, there are 11 types of yoga. Now, I'm not going to list all of them, but there is Hatha, Vinyasa, Yin, Ayanga, Ashtanga, and Bikram. They were all developed in India. A few of these you might actually recognize by name, or you may have done a class if, with one or two of those. With yoga, you can sweat, breathe, stretch, release physically and mentally, and you can find that me time. Studies also show that yoga can lower your blood pressure, help with digestion, improve your sleep, manage stress, and be an aid to managing depression. So let's go to our other corner for Pilates. Yes, Joseph Pilates created this system, this movement system, in the 1920s as a way to rehabilitate bedridden soldiers during World War I. It's a fascinating read if you're, you know, into the history of different things. The story is in-depth and fascinating, and he fought his way with a personal journey of health issues. He, he created this system, and exercising provided him the relief. He married. His wife's name was Clara. They opened their first studio in New York City, of course. Most of his clientele were men, of, naturally, but later he developed a following that included dancers and elite athletes. All the equipment used in Pilates today, the Cadillac, the barrel, the ring, the reformer, were all built with the vision and commitment of Joseph Pilates. But Matt Pilates is still the foundation to all the work in the program. Pilates has six basic principles. Breath, and the breath in Pilates is different than yoga. Concentration, control, precision, center, and flow. Unlike yoga, though, <clears throat> the meditative focus and release is not present. So with Pilates, you are in continual movement. With yoga, you breathe, you hold a pose, you transition, you breathe, hold a pose, transition. So those that is one of the big differences there. Pilates, however, does improve your posture, just like yoga, works on your core strength, your breath control, balance and coordination, pain relief, flexibility, stress relief, and is also beneficial for that mind-body connection. You do have to think a little bit more, I think, in Pilates because you don't have those moments of release and breath, release and breath like you do in yoga. So I want to start with yoga and break it down a little bit more from my perspective. Yoga has a spiritual level that allows for that inner focus and release. I can honestly say that I, <laughs> let's say in my younger years, under the age of 45, could not grasp yoga. I couldn't go into a classroom and focus. I was always moving on to the next thing. I was always in the class. How long am I going to be here? I got to get going. 
So when we would go into Savasana, and if you're not familiar with that, that's usually at the end of class, you're lying on your mat, face up, palms open to the heavens. Sometimes you're covered with a blanket, perhaps have a nice little lavender eye pillow. Sounds really cozy. Well, I was laying there like a Mexican jumping bean. I guess, hopefully I can say that. And I was all over the place. I was ready to get out of there. It was just too much for me. I feel differently about that now, but I can tell you when I was younger, I didn't get it. But I really did try to wholeheartedly absorb the experience. I just wasn't able to focus. That is on me. I was also too competitive. And this is exactly what happens. I would get into a yoga class. I'd set up my mat. I'd get next to whomever. And once we started going into poses, I would watch what the other people were doing. Instead of respecting the boundaries that my body gives me, I had to compete with everybody else and would end up in the chiropractor the next day trying to undo the damage that I did. That too is on me. So with my varying degrees of scoliosis and sports injuries, it is important for me to participate in classes that make modifications a priority. So here's my bitch. And this could be relative to any kind of class, but because we're talking about yoga, I'm going to go down this road. Everyone in the past 10 to 12 years, it seems, decided to be a yoga instructor. You probably have noticed there is a boom in yoga teachers. There's a boom in yoga studios. It's in the news. It's in magazines. There's even a magazine dedicated strictly to yoga. So the quality, this is personal preference, personal opinion, I should say, for the quality of instructors with extended knowledge of anatomy, injury, and the ability to teach to all levels is not easy to find. Not only that, I feel, oh boy, here we go, that classes that boast 25 or more students and I would even say 20 students, but I'm going to just bump that number up a little bit. They're doing a disservice to the art of yoga as well as to their clients. Most instructors that I have gone to, and I do my homework, need to work on their compassion to the practice, not the showmanship of their movement skills. And I can say probably post-COVID and pre-COVID, I've been to many yoga classes because I've really tried to broaden my horizons and deepen myself into a different avenue of fitness. And this is what happens. I don't care if you can do a headstand, a handstand, walk on your hands, bend in half and shove your big toe up your nose. That does not impress me, okay? I want to leave a class feeling accomplished and at peace. So if you're listening to this and you're a new instructor, maybe even a seasoned instructor, because I've been there and sometimes we forget, it is about the person in the back of the room wearing the grungy tights and the t-shirt with their hair up in a bun or, you know, looking a little disheveled, a little out of place, that's the person you want to teach to. You don't need to be teaching to Queen Lululemon 
with her manicure and model's body. Okay. She's got it. She knows what she's doing. Okay. I just notice a lack of attention to individual, individual students. So if you are a yoga teacher, get off your mat, walk around the room, help people reach the person that really needs to be reached. I love now holding the poses and slowing down my body when it comes to yoga. I do feel that when the instructor makes adjustments to the clients and pays attention, there is so much more value to the class. Yin yoga, restorative yoga, they're very gentle and provide decompression type practices for the mind and body. Power type yoga classes, I have learned to modify. I don't recommend doing a power type flow yoga class if you're not experienced with yoga. Don't go in there expecting the instructor to make the modifications. It won't work. Okay, get yourself familiar with yoga poses. Um, I, I do want to, I've been kind of negative on this, so let me flip the narrative here. A lot of yoga studios offer beginner classes. If you haven't practiced in a while, tuck your pride away and go take the beginner classes and get your body reacclimated to the practice of yoga. Now, I, I'm going to talk about one particular class I did because I really just want to share the experience. It was geared towards healing from grief. It was taught by this very petite French woman who had the most soothing voice, thus, and the French accent. So it was unbelievable. I cried <laughs> most of the class. But there were only 10 people in the class and it flowed beautifully. The instructor worked with each of us on the poses, taught us to adjust our bodies, taught us to respect our bodies and our feelings. And she read different passages to us on healing. It was 90 minutes of cathartic release. That class I will always remember. And when you walk out of a yoga class, that's what you should feel. Not so much the tears, of course, but you want to feel like you left your troubles and you released it all on the mat. So you can see I don't dislike yoga. I just encourage education for you. And you want to make sure that you find a reputable studio and instructors. Yoga is not meant to be a crackerjack practice. So now we're going to go to corner number two, Pilates. I navigated towards teaching Pilates because it resonated with core training when it became popular in the industry. Remember, the word core was not around for a while, okay? Core is a catch phrase. Everybody thinks it means abdominals. No, core means the whole trunk of your body. Like yoga, though, Pilates has a core curriculum that, too, has been watered down over the years to fit into the group fitness environment. When I became MAT certified, there were not many instructors diving into the curriculum. Okay, we were still doing step classes, slide classes, boxing classes, uh, hit classes were out and spinning. 
So Pilates was kind of weaving its way into the fitness world. Pilates is more rhythmic with movement of the arms and legs while keeping the core foundation engaged. Where yoga focuses on stability with core activation, Pilates focuses on mobility with core activation. Both utilize different types of breathing pattern, but they both do offer strength work, just using the muscles a little differently. Now you can find Pilates mega reformer classes and Pilates club classes that teach to the many instead of the few. You just want to make sure to do your homework once again on the equipment that's being used for the Pilates movements. I recommend, and I, I have not gone to any Pilates uh, type box studios, but I recommend possibly doing a couple of mat Pilates classes to see how your body moves before you go jump into using equipment. So who is the winner in this contest? I'm going to call it both. Okay. I, I know it seems like I'm anti-yoga. I'm not. I know it seems like I'm pro Pilates. I'm not. Okay. I just happen to navigate to that. I truly feel on both disciplines, if you have a properly run studio, qualified instructors who teach and who care and who reach their students with knowledge and compassion, you can benefit from either discipline, whether you are 30 40, 50, 60, or 70. It's about you taking the time to do your homework on where you will be spending your money and investing in your health. As a little sidebar, make sure, this is something that really resonates with me when I go to sign up for a new class. If they do not ask you for a little bit of a health history about issues you might be having with your back, your knees, your shoulders, your wrists, whatever, that is a big warning sign that you may not be in the right place, okay? I think it's important with these type of movement classes that that is a qualification for a good studio. So now I turn you loose to go find your favorite Pilates or yoga class. I would greatly love a response to this on my Instagram to let me know how it turns out, who you're, who you're clicking with, who you think teaches the best classes. Give them a shout out. I would love to possibly interview a yoga teacher or even a Pilates teacher to get some feedback on this. So let's start a little trend. Tag me on Instagram. Tag the people that you are clicking with and see where we can go with this. If you enjoyed this show, please give me a five-star rating or review on your listening platform. Like, follow, and share so that we can keep this flow going on Wake Up, Kick Ass, Repeat. Until next time, Keep training with a purpose for sport and life. Be well, people.